0: Well, I don't know if you heard the news this week or not, but there was a treasure chest found in Colorado. And and the treasure inside, they're estimating it between $1 and $2 million. Has anyone heard this story? Okay, this is a true story. There was this author uh, by the name of Forrest Finn. And over 10 years ago, he loaded up this treasure chest with some gold coins, very rare, some artifacts, and he, he hid it in Colorado. And then in his writings, he would drop little hints here and there, okay? And uh, he actually wrote a book called The Thrill of the Chase. And in this book, The Thrill of the Chase, there is a poem in there. And within the writing, it gave clues to where this treasure chest is. I mean, it's a pretty cool story. Uh, Thousands of people have gone looking for this treasure chest over the past 10 years. Some have actually died. In the process, some have lost their lives looking for this treasure, but it was found this week. And of course, the person who found it wants to remain anonymous, but uh, he verified that he found it and he showed pictures and all that sort of stuff. But I just thought it was an interesting story and pretty fitting because last week we started a new series and it's kind of a treasure hunt we're calling it forgotten virtues and in in this forgotten virtues series we are we're looking for some of the virtues that that are found in God's Word and we believe if we can find these treasures and we can adopt them we can hide them in our heart and begin to apply them in our lives that we can really be difference makers in our world and so the virtue that we're gonna look for this morning is the virtue of humility everyone say humility Let me tell you, this virtue is a difficult one to find and even harder to apply. It's a difficult one to find and it's even harder to apply. In fact, it's so hard that Jesus spent uh, three years of his life trying to teach it to his disciples over and over and over again he tried to model it he tried to talk him through it he tried to show it to them this virtue of humility and they picked up on a lot of his teaching pretty quickly I mean they were able to preach and teach themselves uh, they learned how to uh, bring healing to people through prayer they even learned to cast out demons but this virtue of humility they struggled with they just couldn't find it we're Told repeatedly that Jesus would find them arguing among themselves about which of them was the greatest in his kingdom can you imagine that you're hanging out with God in the flesh the Messiah the perfect Prince of Peace you're doing life with him and yet you and your buddies argue amongst yourselves of which one of you is the greatest that's crazy someone say that's crazy come on if you're listening online just type in the chat that's crazy to think you're hanging out with Jesus but you and your friends are going to argue about which one of you was 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 the greatest so Jesus was constantly looking for ways to try to help his disciples discover this forgotten virtue of humility And even on the the, the night of the Last Supper, before he's about to be betrayed, before he's about to go to the cross, he gathers them together, they have the Passover together, and then he preaches an illustrated sermon on humility. Let's look at it together. John 13 and verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, He had come from God and he was going to God. Humility only comes when we become secure in our relationship with God the Father. Jesus knew who he was. He understood his relationship with his Father. Therefore, he's very secure in it and he can now practice humility. Verse 4, this is what he did. He rose from supper and he laid aside his garments. He took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, what I'm doing now, you do not understand, but you'll know after this. And if we go to verse 12, it says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. I mean, you cannot get any more plain than this. He, he, he teaches them through this illustrated sermon. The task of foot washing should have been done by the lowliest servant in the room. And if there was no one there to do it, surely one of the disciples would have done it. They would have looked around. They would have known it wasn't done. I mean, it was evident. These guys were walking around in sandals and dirty you know, roads and dusty roads and full of all kind of stuff. They could have seen the need. They could have smelled the need. Come on, somebody. And one of them should have done this, but you know what? They didn't. They refused to humble themselves. They refused to serve one another. So finally... The king of glory, the prince of peace, the almighty God wrapped in human flesh, gets up from the table, fills a basin, grabs a towel, and he washes the feet of the very men he's about to die for. That's humility. And and, and you would have thought in this moment, his disciples would have become the most humble men on the planet. I mean, seeing Jesus on his knees, washing their feet. They they should have repented of their own pride and realized how much they needed humility. I, I would think so, but no, not so fast. Actually, look at Mark's account of what happened next. Mark 14 and verse 27. This is at the same time. This is all happening together. Jesus said to them, he's talking to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I'll go before you to Galilee. And Peter said to him, Lord, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Peter, Peter, Peter. If Jesus tells you you're about to do something, don't argue with them. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's pride. If you're arguing with God, that's pride. Let me tell you, let me tell you this. Actually, just about any time we argue with anyone, it's never a sign of humility. It's always a sign of pride. Hello, social media folks. (laughs) Anytime we argue with people, it's never a sign of humility. Humility. It's always a sign of pride. And Jesus tells his disciples, you guys are all going to betray me. And Peter, after seeing what Jesus did on his hands and knees, makes this big I statement and says, Lord, even if all the other disciples deny you, I will not Look at verse 30. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, Peter, that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he, Peter, spoke more vehemently, saying, If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And then pride, because it's contagious. Pride is contagious. They all jump in, and they all said likewise. This is so unreal to me. Like, Jesus has just modeled humility to them. He just told them they're all going to stumble. He means you're all going to abandon me. And they have the audacity to argue with Jesus. And you know what happens? That night, they all deny him. That night, they all fail. The forgotten virtue that we're searching for today is humility. But sometimes, the best way to find humility is to first stumble over pride I don't like it (laughs) but it's true sometimes the best way to find humility is to first stumble over our own pride you know sometimes pride is easy to spot we don't have to raise any hands or look around this morning okay just look straight at me and no one will know you're thinking this about your neighbor. But we all know people in our lives who are openly arrogant. Like they think the hymn, How Great Thou Art, is written about them. Come on, somebody. We all, we all like, I'm flabbergasted sometimes. I'll hear people talk and they'll, they'll just flat out tell you how great they are at something. Or they'll, they'll talk about how great good looking they are or handsome or pretty or how much money they have or their status and I'm sitting here thinking do you not even hear the words of your own mouth just nod if you know someone like that just just nod we all know people like that right and so their pride is i mean it's out there in the open it's easy to see but some of us some of us we are really really good at wearing the mask of humility, a mask. (laughs) Some of us fake it. Some of us pride ourselves on uh, hiding our pride. Over the years, I've met some folks who seem the most humble on the outside, but if you begin to peel back some layers, you'll find out there's a lot of pride on the inside of there. Do you know why? Because we all have it. All of us. It's part of our flesh nature. We all struggle with pride. And therefore, we've got to be really, really intentional. Like those guys going to Colorado and, and searching out for those treasures. We've got to be intentional like that. We've got to pursue humility. I've heard humility defined in many ways. In fact, I've heard lots of really, really good definitions of the word. But a few that stick out to me are these. Number one is humility is where I end and God begins. Humility is where I end and God begins. It's it's as simple as having that daily consciousness of kind of the what would Jesus do, right? Like as I'm doing my life and I'm at work, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Um, is I'm at the dinner table with my family or I'm at practice on a sports team. I, I'm thinking, how would Jesus respond to this? What would Jesus say? What would Jesus think about this? It, it's where I end and God begins. Another definition of humility is this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourselves Less. let me explain it this way humility is not hating ourselves it's not self-loathing that's not healthy and it's not biblical okay but what humility is is intentionally thinking less about ourselves I don't know if you realize this or not but our default position of thought is to think about me (laughs) right Like, as soon as we wake up in the morning, we start thinking about our coffee. Come on, come on, see some hands. We need some interaction here. We start thinking about our coffee, our breakfast, our Pop-Tarts, what we're going to wear. I mean, and then for the rest of the day, we just think about ourselves. And so humility is being really, really intentional, not to put ourselves down, not to hate ourselves, but to make ourselves think less about us. You know, here we are in a nation that's so divided. Do you know where unity comes from? Unity comes through humility. Unity comes through humility. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 says this, let this mind let this way of thinking be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men, watch this now and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross if we're to find any unity it's going to come when we follow the example of Jesus and we do things like washing each other's feet come on I mean, how many would pay money pay per view President Trump and Nancy Pelosi washing each other's feet come on I give a hundred dollars I'll give I, I, I'd be that'd be awesome it would just be awesome But I mean, the master, Jesus, the son of God, humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross. Unity will only come when we are humble people with humble hearts. Like instead of shouting one another down, what if we actually had conversations Like instead of prioritizing the need to be right all the time, what if we actually work together for solutions? I know, I know, I'm dreaming. But even if we can't get the entire nation to do this, what if you and I practice humility in our marriages? At least we would have better marriages. What if you and I practice humility, you know, in our schools? At least we would have better schools. What if we practice humility in our families? At least we would have stronger families. Church, We live in a nation of about 330 million people. I realize that we might not be able to change the whole country, but instead of being overwhelmed by the darkness we see, why don't we change what we can? Why don't we start with our families, our workplaces, our sports teams, and our church? We may not be able to change the hearts of 330 million people, but we could change the hearts of, say, 1,200 people in a county of 30,000 people. Then we could start making a real difference right where we live come on somebody that is doable that is absolutely doable we can be the change that we're desiring to see if we practice humility we can be difference makers look at first Peter 1 5 with me first Peter or, or chapter 5 I'm sorry in verse 5 likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders I'm just going to sit here for 30 hours and wait for the amen on that. <laughs> I didn't think that. I didn't think that amen was coming, but it's in there. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. That means don't go away to college. Come home and tell mom and dad how stupid they are. Come on, somebody, say amen, especially since they paid for it. Say a double amen. But then, wait, wait, older people, we're not off the hook. Yes, all of you, someone say all of us. Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. Why? Because God resists the proud. That's a a military term that means God stands at arm's length to the proud. Who would want to be on the opposing side of God? Not me. You want to be on Team Jesus? (laughs) Well, it says he gives grace, that basically looks like a hug. He draws near to the humble. God resists the proud, but he draws near to the humble. I love this passage. It tells us to be clothed with humility. Think about that phrase a minute. None of us accidentally got dressed this morning. Some of us look like we accidentally got dressed like, are you sure was that on purpose? Yeah, I mean, we, we made a decision. Might not have been the best decision, but we made a decision, right? It was intentional. We put on our clothes this morning. The Apostle Peter says, church, intentionally clothe yourself with humility. It's not an accident. I'm choosing To put on humility. Every interaction with somebody, I'm choosing to put on humility. Verse 6, Peter says this, Therefore humble yourselves, remember Jesus humbled himself over and over again, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Everyone say due time. The scripture is not saying you'll never be exalted. The scripture is just saying God wants to be the one to exalt you in his due time. Humility is a lifelong pursuit, but what I have observed over the years is that God will allow each of us to walk through a season of humility in order for us to see our need for it. I'm going to say that again. It's due time. God will allow each of us to walk through a season of humility in order for us to see our need for it. It's our due time. But in that due time, God is building in us the infrastructure we need to handle his exaltation. Oh, if I had time, I could tell you about King David. I could tell you how David first had to be hidden in the sheepfold before he could be promoted to the palace. If I had more time, I could tell you about Moses who had to spend so many years of his life hidden on the backside of the desert before he could ever lead two million people out of uh, Egypt. If I had some more time, I could tell you about Queen Esther who had a destiny, but yet she had to go through a hidden season of preparation before God could make her queen. For anyone who wants to be used by God, he's going to hide you for a season. He's going to keep you in a hidden place. He'll train you. And prepare you in that place of obscurity so that when he uses you, you will know it's all about him and never about you. Humility is where I end and God begins. I I love this passage. I love this passage, but you want to know what I love most about this passage? Is that Peter wrote it. Peter. Big mouth, me first, I statements, always wanting to be the best and the first. Peter, that same guy, is the same guy who writes this. The arrogant one, the prideful one. Now, years later, as he's walked through his due season, now he's this older, more mature man, and he sits down, and he writes this, and he says, Church, don't try to be first. Don't try to be number one. Don't try to push people out of the way. Don't argue with your friends about who's the greatest. Don't argue with your friends on the social media, you know, because you're always right. No, 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 no. When you get up in the morning, clothe yourself with humility. Isn't that a beautiful progression? We can see the work of the Holy Spirit in Peter's life. And you know what, you and I, (laughs) he can do that same work in us. How do we respond to the Word of God? You know, this is a temptation for all of us, but we'll look into the Bible, we'll come to church, we'll hear a devotion, we'll listen, and, and often it's just so easy for us to say, wow, I wish my wife was here in this today. Wow, that guy at work, I'm telling you, my supervisor, I wish he was here today. He needs to change his clothes. He needs to put on some humility Friends, that's not the way Christianity works. Here's the way it works. When we come together, you know what we should say? We should say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? Don't try to apply God's word to everyone else before we apply it to our own hearts. Remember, Jesus did that little thing about saying, hey, don't try to get the speck of sawdust. (laughs) out of your neighbor's eye when you got a two-by-four sticking out of yours. Can you say amen? So today, it's not my desire that any of us leave here loathing our self-pride. It's not my desire. But I do pray that each of us will realize there is this hidden treasure chest filled with forgotten virtues. Last week, we, we looked at honor We looked at honor last week, and and we're a culture without honor right now. Today we're looking at at humility, and we can see this virtue so clearly, so plainly modeled in the life of Jesus. And if we want to be difference makers in the world, we're going to search hard after those virtues, and we're going to begin to model them in our lives. Stay seated, but let's just pray together this morning. Father, we come to you today, and we recognize that pride lives within each of us and as we look to Jesus our Savior we we see a beautiful example of his humility humbling himself even to the point of death God as we look around our country we see the results of ugly pride a pride that encourages us to slander and even hate and kill one another Lord we ask for your help today help us look unto Jesus our servant king And become those people who lead with humility. Humility to serve our families, our church, and our community. Help us to be people that clothe ourselves with the humility of Christ. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen.